0: Hi Brandon, how are you? I'm great, how are you? Good, hey audience, how are you?
1: I'm great, how are you?
0: Excellent, we're back for the 115th time Almost been six years and cut right to the chase I don't know if I've been more excited to talk about something than, Than what we are talking about today
1: And what what are we talking about today, Brandon?
0: Well, for the 115th episode, and I'm gonna say that 115 times, that's my mission. uh, we are gonna be talking about, and stop me if you've if you've experienced this before on anyone else's podcast, but you've never heard it broken down like this. We are talking finally about Spider-Man No Way Home, the most Spider-Man-y movie ever. Yeah. (laughs) Yes.
1: And we should say, just right off the bat, full spoiler discussion.
0: On this of movie. course but if you're anything like us you've already seen it and if you're not then go away well don't
1: care on, yeah. yeah honestly this is the kind of movie you don't want spoiled for you so if you happen to have completely just not gone on the internet for the past year uh and then you started listening to this podcast i'm recommending hey you're in a good spot go see the movie first because then
0: come on back
1: and then come on back but uh
0: But if you're anything like us and the millions of Americans who've already seen this movie, making it one of Marvel's most beloved movies of all time already, then you're going to want to dive right in and hash out some of the the blessings that this movie bestowed upon us. Can't wait to talk to you about it. Uh, I saw it almost a month ago. So I've been holding on to a lot of feelings that I've had about this movie, and I'm glad that I finally get to break it down with my best friend. You saw it exactly uh, a month ago. Yeah. You saw it on December
1: 17th. That was my birthday that's your birthday yeah happy birthday
0: anyways um yes so that that's what's on the the very distant horizon but between now and then Brandon would you would you regale us would you entertain us with regalia I, I don't know how to use the word re, re, regale would you regale us with regalia
1: yeah I think so yeah are you talking about our fake sponsors because we we finally got fake sponsors again our first ones for 2022
0: Hot dog. May I? May I tell you about this? This is a service. This is a product. <laughs> what are we dealing with here?
1: It's a service. The one you're re- the one you're reading is a service for sure.
0: Yes, I'm very excited to tell you about this new service, and it's so relevant here in the year 2022, folks. I'm mm-hmm. talking to you about Mime Time motivational speaking. Mime Time motivational speaking, silent but effective facilitation and speaking engagements. It's not about what they say. But how ridiculous they look when they don't say it. So if you're interested, check out Mime Time Motivational Speaking. But that's not all.
1: Yeah, you know, no, actually, before we go, I, ha- I have a, a quote from the owner of Mime Time. You want to hear it? Please. Okay. So I think that sums up pretty well. Well said. You know, or well not said. The, the mission. And vision of MIME Time Motivational Speaking. Good for them. Clear
0: as day. Clear as day.
1: We also have a second sponsor though. And I would love the opportunity to read this. This is a a local charity. I say local, it's California-based, but it goes up and down the coast here in California. It's called Random Acts of Kindness. Now that's AXE, Random Acts of Kindness. It's a charity that gives access to poor children in the inner cities so that they can make their own firewood. And fight each other for food.
0: Now, would you say that r- random axes of kindness are giving kids access to axes? I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you to Mime Time Motivational Speaking. Random axes of kindness. Random acts of kindness. I, I like them both. I like them all. Yeah. Okay. I like the movie, so we should talk about it, shouldn't we?
1: Yes. Let's talk about Spider-Man No Way Home.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way to segue into our 115th episode. That's three. Ooh, you know what we haven't now, done in a while? What's that?
1: Our, our movie sweeps sound. Yeah, Be let's sense. throw one in there real quick. Let's yeah, let's that. throw
0: one in there. Here we go. Ah, that sounds good, Much man. Much better. Now it's official. And so Isn't befitting of such a uh, uh, an awesome movie. This is a well-edited
1: uh, so there- podcast now that we have sweeps.
0: Yes. You're fresh with this movie. You just got to uh, go see it. I'm glad that uh, you know you were able to for reasons we talked about last week. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, I don't know. I'm usually more off the off the rails kind of commentator. So I need you to keep us slightly on the rails. That's going to be your mission. But just give me your thoughts. Where do you want to start? You, you go first. It's fresh in your mind. and
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm
0: curious to hear your thoughts.
1: I think the thing that sticks out with me most about this movie is how it is, it is fan service done right, first of all.
0: Yeah.
1: It's, um, you know, we we live in a world where uh, intellectual properties are owned by specific companies, and we have forever been haunted by this, like, by this simple fact that Sony owns Spider-Man. But then we we started getting all these other Marvel movies that were incredible and it was always so disappointing that some of our favorites like X-Men and and Fantastic Four and Spider-Man would never, we thought would never come to this Marvel cinematic universe that we started to love so much. Yeah. And I, and that's just a way of like business, right? And we, we all as geeks hated it, but we accepted it. It feels so good to finally get this opportunity where that barrier is broken down i mean it was broken down back in captain america civil war when we first saw spider man right and it was incredible i think it's one of the best intros in all of cinema where you know uh i think it's black widow is talking to tony stark and she's like she's like what's your plan and he just kind of smiles and then the next thing it says queens right big, big letters and the, you, you just like, as a, as a Spider-Man fan, you know exactly what they're talking about when they say Queens. And I just, I, you know, it's like, that was this one groundbreaking moment to bring Spider-Man into the MCU. And this time we have this other groundbreaking moment in this movie where we've actually got to get the Spider-Man of the Sony universe, two different Sony universe. Two universes. decades. Once. Yeah as well as their villains. And we've, we got this incredible crossover and we had this entire storyline of, of the multiverse to be able to explain it all. And it just felt so good as a geek to, to feel all of this and to see it all actually happen. And I never thought I'd live in a world where that could happen. And so with that alone, it just is, it's like goosebumps as a geek. I'm, I'm so happy. The fact that we got this and the fact that it wasn't this disappointing crossover it was it was really good and it made us feel good and it was a good story and um so all in all i'm just very happy at the circumstance we're at and i'm very happy with this movie
0: yeah um what i felt this was relatable to you know kind of piggybacking off what you're saying like spanning someone else's Technically, it's all Marvel. Spider-Man's all Marvel, but who got rights to him at what point and right. you know, movie licensing? It felt like when me, I have a friend over here and I have a friend over here, and I'm friends with both of them, and all I want for them is to be friends, or you have like parents that are divorced, you know, like I just yeah. want mom and dad to talk in, and finally they get to do it, and then I'm in the middle, just like, see, this works. Yeah. And I, and I liked how that was obviously like the biggest, you know, story coming out of that movie for the most part, there's lots of stories coming out of the movie, but that is the biggest story for, for me. But I felt like our Spider-Man that we are witnessing here in this MCU timeframe and Tom Holland and you know, 2017 and beyond, um, the story still started and ended with him. Though so the bulk of it in the middle was, you know, about the, the three Spider-Mans and not only the three Spider-Mans, but three, even though they're all Peter Parkers, but they have their own unique little witticisms and, and dorky manners. Yeah. And um, and the continuity, like I told you without uh, last recording, but without trying to spoil anything for you, this, the continuity that they kept inside of the movie, but then outside of stuff that's not technically a Marvel property, Marvel Studios property. But just like Toby shoots it straight out of his arm, you know, but Andrew and and Tom shoot it from a cartridge wrapped around their wrist, you know, and the, how they notice that. And you just like little things like that. I'm just like, gosh. Yes, this was fan service, but it had a bigger story that wasn't just fan service. Some movies are just fan service. Force Awakens, it was just fan service. They weren't going anywhere with right. it, let's be honest. And it wasn't taking it in a new direction or leaving you with the idea of, oh, what's next? It was just like, oh, it's a rehash. And while it worked for fans who never got to see Star Wars back in the day on a movie screen, it was fan service. And that was the identity of the movie. And I'm not just pointing that out to shit on it. I liked it. But this still had a, a forward driving plot as much as it was as a time to recollect and think about past and present. And my, my happiest moment of the whole movie, Matt Murdock finally made it on screen. I was just like, what? I didn't expect that. And just, it was yeah. four minutes, but it was such a good feeling four minutes because I always thought Daredevil was by far and away the strongest of the Netflix uh, Marvel shows, mm-hmm. especially after season three, where they ended it like perfectly. But I still am like, I could go for some more of this. And I like not only the character they've made him, presented him to be, but then the guy who plays him is awesome. And I'm like, Daredevil should, I mean, we if we're getting Shang-Chi and Returnals on screen, why can't we get a staple guy? Granted, he's like maybe C or B to some people. He's definitely not an A player, but why can't we get him on screen? He's mm-hmm. got an excellent story to tell. And the possibility of him in a Spider-Man team-up, dude, for it. Yeah,
1: I I am... Um... I knew he was going to be
0: there because you got to spoil. Oh, by the fact that-, that Netflix, all of a sudden, when you hop on Netflix, anytime after the movie came out, it's like, Oh, trending right now, popular searches and daredevil comes up.
1: You know, I didn't, that I didn't put two and two together. I did see that actually, but that's not why. Basically what it was was I was watching something else and uh, Charlie Cox was in this other show. And I was like, is that Charlie Cox? Like, and I, so I IMDb'd him right. Just to see, Ah. what else he was in to see there if he was. And then the first thing it shows is, is no way home. And I was like, well, s- excuse my language. Well, fuck me. Like I just had yeah. that totally spoiled for me. And it would have been a great surprise because I, I, I love, I was him for Halloween. I literally was him for Halloween. You
0: no, looked pretty freaking spot on too. I, I,
1: I mean, he's a great, he's a great character. And I'm, gr- I, I was glad to see him in there, but yeah. I will say, Once I, once I had it spoiled for me and I knew he was going to be in there, I thought to myself, oh my God, I wonder how they, I wonder how they're going to bring him in. Are they going to be in this big battle? And then all of a sudden, like, there's going to be this extra person that comes in. It's going to be Daredevil, like helping fight next to them. And I was like, oh, that would be so cool. And it wasn't anything like that. It was Matt Murdock sitting at a table with them, representing them. So it was pretty basic. It was yeah. enough to make me happy, um, but I started, like, in my head before I saw it, I started talking myself up about what the, what kind of cameo it was going to be. And uh, so I wasn't disappointed, but it wasn't like a, a, a fight next to Spider-Man kind of cameo, and I, now I want that. You know what I mean? Not
0: yet, anyways.
1: Not yet. That yeah. would be, I would, I would happily see a Spider-Man and Daredevil movie. Like, that could be the
0: title. Yeah, they teamed up a lot in the comics, you yeah. know? I'm I'm all for it. That was my happiest feeling. And, you know, not everything was happy. And, you know, they did a really good job of like being heavy with the emotion, but not to the point where it was like you left with a sense of dread. Like after, you know, so many people I walked out of the theater with in Endgame or Infinity War were in tears, you know. Right. So, yeah, it was just it was just an amazing movie how they spanned you know, what, the first Spider-Man was 2001, right? Because they had to redo the cover because uh, he was, like, webbed, webbing between the Twin Towers and after that happened. Mm-hmm. So, like, spanning, you know, 20-ish years against three different actors and how many different villains and how many different spats between movie production and companies and it just, like, it was just like a, hey, let's all sit down and have dinner and talk. <laughs> like, and I, not, not only in and of itself, was it an awesome payout on screen, but just the future promises, not promises, the future possibilities, I should say, that this could offer. What if we do get to see X-Men teaming up with freaking, like, well, what's left of the MCU now? Yes, please.
1: Well, and we know we're getting a, uh, a Fantastic Four.
0: For the third time, they're trying again. Let's go.
1: This one, this one, it looks real. Um, what's his name? John Krasinski is going to be...
0: Uh, Mr. Fantastic. Reed Richards. Reed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then people are actually saying Emily Blunt, his real real life wife, should be
0: um, Sue Storm, Invisible Storm. Woman. Yeah, thank you. Storm. I was trying to blank on her name. it be funny if Chris Evans, now having been you know Captain America like six or seven times throughout the movies, came back as uh, Johnny Storm.
1: What if what if in like a multiverse crossover, we get our Fantastic Four for oh. this MCU, and then we get then a crossover of another world's Fantastic Four? And so he's playing two different characters and they're like, you look a lot like our Captain America. And he's like, that's
0: weird. That'd be awesome. Um, um, this movie was just phenomenal and just the, um, the cameo, they were, they were more than just cameos. The inclusion, that I mean, they had the really- plot was very much motivated by Goblin, you know? Yes. Well. So yeah, they, they weren't just cameos. Well, let's start, now-
1: let's talk about the story. Um, we've opened up all these different universes they're coming through everyone who knows who spider-man is or who who knows that peter parker is spider-man is coming through and then dr strange creates a box to fix it all literally fix it all but then the entire movie ensues because spider-man is not willing to do that and in my head i was like oh this is going to add so and so poorly like how many more people have to get hurt or die if this happens and sure enough, the decision really does lead to a very, to a couple of very big things that happen. Aunt May dies yep. in this, and that was a, that took me by surprise, honestly. Like I, I know he never had his uncle Ben moment that we saw, but I didn't expect, I just, I guess I just expected that uncle Ben moment to be behind him that we never saw. But it looks yeah. like he never really had it, right? So that Aunt May dies is, is his Uncle Ben moment, which I I love the fact that or when we,
0: Stacey, you know, yeah,
1: when the other two Spider Men were there, we got to all they got to have that discussion about how hey we've all gone through this and they've all said that with great power there must also come great responsibility. That general yeah. quote that gets changed a bit. And I just I loved how that it brought such a core aspect of Spider-Man together and it, yeah. it, it made it feel like um, there really is, no pun intended, this web of like multiverse Spider-Man where they all have to go through that same thing.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's totally connective tissue, just perspective to their own realities. But mm-hmm. it's all this, kind of the same. And they did that articulating that so well.
1: Yeah, the, the Spider-Verse movie did that, too. Remember when they talked about how they each had somebody who they, who they lost? And I just yeah. think that's such a cool and important part of, of who Spider-Man is. And I love that they didn't gloss over it, that they utilized it, and they touched on it, and they made it an important part of the story. And now, going forward with this Peter Parker, we've got a whole new Peter Parker. This Peter Parker is no longer like the high school kid, right? Like the innocent high school kid. He's dealt with death. Everybody in the world is basically forgotten. He is Spider-Man, and now he and he just moved out on his own. He's now a single they dude. Get the reset button department.
0: in a way that makes storytelling sense and gives mm-hmm. us so many more possibilities. Yep. Yeah. yeah, like I think one of the possibilities is people forgot that he's Spider-Man, so now he can go be Nathan Drake mm. next month.
1: That's a good idea. We should try that.
0: I'm not excited for that movie, but I don't want to derail. Sorry. Yeah, they they did that so well. And, you know, the end got, you know, the heavy with the dramatic music and like kind of like slowness, but it felt completely earned. You know what I mean? By the time it had built up enough connective bond between him and his MJ and his friend, Ned, that it seemed believable that it really was a struggle, even though he's like, I know I'll be their friends again, but just it would suck. Imagine if I forgot you and you forgot me, but I I I knew going into it or vice versa, we were going to, this was going to happen. It'd be hard to like convince someone to start over again, you know? Yeah. Even though he's not losing anybody physically, but in a way that's a a lot of life to undo, you know, I, I just thought it was well done. And I love how they, you know, some of the times like the obvious answer, especially like I ask obvious questions, like in horror movies, like, why wouldn't you just, you know, Go run to your car and get out of there, or something like that. They they asked that. He's like, why don't you you just can't you just reverse time? He's like, I don't have the stone anymore, kid. Remember mm-hmm. that? Just like little thing, like continuity within their own MCU universe. But then, especially when they expanded it outside of their own property, it was just uh, so well done. It was because this actually reminds me of the comics sometimes when he would team up with his uh, his nemesis, his nemesis. You know, Mm -hmm. to take out like the bigger overarching problem that like is facing them both down, and him and Doc Ock teaming up, I was like,
1: hell yeah, give me some of that. Let's transition over to the villains, actually. So, I, you know, what did you think of the villains? I mean, we've got we but we got most of Spider-Man's main villains from previous movies. Darn, we didn't get the Rhino in here, but
0: (laughs) they they just they even acknowledge him like, yeah, some Russian guy in like a power suit who's I know
1: in a Rhino suit. (laughs)
0: What did you Um, think of all that? Like, how did you think that was done? Like, I think some mattered more than others, but I think it was actually kind of congruent with, you know, if you were to like ask how many were Spider-Man fans you're like, Hey, rank his, his villains. um, I think it kind of played out on screen like that, like lizard and electro and Sandman were just kind of, they were there. um, And they were secondary to, you know, goblin and uh, Doc Ock as far as like importance and, and heft and them pushing the forward story. But it, they made sense of it all and everyone got their own intro, which I thought was cool. I actually mm-hmm. thought the way they introduced Electro in this, even though like they're aware of the fact that any almost anyone who's seen this movie saw him previously, but like still gave him like like a, a proper intro. And I thought it was, he was awesome. I thought they the villains motivations were a little wishy washy sometimes, you know, yeah. how they're all like, oh, let's just do this. Oh, wait, no. Now I'm on this side like that scene in the, uh, the apartment and uh, Happy's place. Yeah, like three of them end up defecting from the plan and turning the last moment. But um, I also felt like it was congruent with, you know, the the way they were presented on film, like Doc Ock and Goblin were the biggest villains to date, truly. And that's how they kind of mattered in this movie. Um, I I really liked it, though. It, It felt like they were five, six built towards like their own sinister six.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, it did it did feel like sort of a team up?
0: I kept waiting for someone else to show up, like at the last minute, though. If I'm being honest, like a late entry, but I'm like, okay, so this is who we got. Um, yeah,
1: I and I, that's actually the one thing I was thinking about is that I don't care much about someone like the lizard, you know?
0: Yeah, he. I um, mean, let's face it. In just in Spider Man in general, in Spider Man's lore, he's he's low tier.
1: Not only is he low tier, but that version of him is not great, uh, and and nor is he very menacing. And and then also the Sandman, like I, I think the Sandman was one of the better parts of Spider Man Three,
0: if such a thing exists. But
1: but, but that's a low bar, right? Because Spider Man Three was so bad. I was sort of hoping that they use this as an opportunity to introduce new, vil- like a new villain.
0: I know who you're gonna say if I was to ask you. Well, who would you like to see i know who you're gonna say
1: are you thinking craven or something because
0: oh, am i brandon do i know you
1: well I, I actually wouldn't want craven in this i would want craven in his own movie that go that that basically does the craven's last hunt sure you know so that personally that that would be my, my thing but like i mean there's so many
0: th- out of all three iterations you know the toby mcguire andrew garfield and now these Spider Man movies, who hasn't been introduced yet or shown that you wouldn't mind uh, them taking a stab at? I mean, they're pretty much all out there by now.
1: Yeah, they are. I mean, I guess they are. Like, we have the vulture, we've got Venom in a way. Um, Mysterio,
0: who still may or may not be alive, they were still very mysterious about that.
1: I, yeah, I would have liked like a hobgoblin. Oh, and then what about like a um, tombstone, like the zombie looking guy?
0: Uh, most. That, that's deep in the pool. I don't know if most people would recognize that, but if they can build it, it up, and,
1: but yeah. You, you, I mean, it is. But he was also in the game, so
0: he had some recent. Even though I don't think he'd play well on screen, but if they tried Lizard, why not? I secretly want Scorpion. I always liked him. Yeah, that's very true.
1: Scorpion's good. I just, I guess, I just felt like this was a good opportunity to to introduce someone new because it just feels like out of all the universes, and they said there's an infinite number of universes we pulled only from a few, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it feels like there should have been a lot more, we should have at least heard of a lot more random things happening around the world.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: And we didn't, but, but at the same time, right, this is, a, this was a long movie and I get that they didn't really have the time to, to add more into that. So I'm not yeah. disappointed necessarily. I just would have, I would have been okay with an extra few minutes of runtime just to, Show news clips of other things happening around the world, or or whatever around the U.S. But I, you know, I get it. I I I was happy with the villains they had. I was happy with the way that they uniquely used all of them. You know how Shocker was always sort of like, oh, for by the way, I love the I love the fact that, or not not I said Shocker. Shocker is another one actually. Another one that we, (laughs) um, oh no, we got Shocker in one in uh, uh Homecoming. Yeah, sorry, we did. Yeah, for five. Uh, anyway, Electro is what I meant to say, but I love the fact that he was blue in the Sony ones, yeah. and he comes over here and he's yellow, and they he explains that there's a different type of energy in this world.
0: Yeah, that was cool.
1: I thought that would, and then and then the electricity. I don't, I'm not sure if you noticed, would flash in the star shape on his face, right? Like his old freaking getup, like his old yeah, like his old comic book mask and stuff like that. I was just like, dude, I love that. Whoever decided to do that and do, do it the way they did it, where it's just a quick flash, meaning like people who don't know who Electro is aren't going to be any of the wiser, but people who do are going to see that and they're going to be thankful for the fan service.
0: Yeah, pretty cool. What
1: about you? What did you think of the, the villains?
0: And Yeah, I think they're all good. Um, the one, but the thing is, is, is this the time to introduce someone new? I don't think so because it's all about People that have interacted with a Spider-Man in the past,
1: right? But we we've seen three universes, Mm -hmm. but there's infinite number of universes, is what I'm saying. And so if you open up a multiverse, it's not only like what what multiverses have we seen? Let's bring them in. They could have brought in other ones. Is all I'm saying. Because they literally have an infinite number of universes.
0: And and, but that but that plays into what I'm saying is that plays into the Spider-Man story, which is what chooses or the, the reason he chooses to undo everything strange had done because then he learns that while it's not true, they like, they all died by Spider-Man's hands. Like, well, no, no, Lizard yeah. didn't die, yeah. but that's fine. I, 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 Sandman didn't die. I think. No, he didn't. No, but that's fine. I, I you know, I'm not going to be like, well, uh, you know, and like nitpick and I liked it. I thought Willem Dafoe was awful, but like in a, villain sense like in a good way uh he was yeah really stirred up his you know his his goblin persona just taking over and just wanting to wreak havoc and not just mess with him emotionally but physically he was just overpowering him and you know he was just it was impressive i thought willem defoe really for lack of a better term stole the show i thought he was awesome
1: you know what's interesting is i was telling emily when we were leaving the movie theater if that was w- uh, the first time I ever saw Willem Dafoe on camera, I would think he's a horrible actor because his, he was, it's overacting like that,
0: that part. That's the character. That's what they've already set up from the first Spider-Man.
1: And, and I know that, which is why I appreciate it.
0: Now and the first Spider-Man had Macy Gray. Oh, that's
1: right. Huh. And that yep. parade.
0: He ruined her parade
1: in the Macy that's- Gray parade, the Macy's day, Macy Gray, <laughs> the parade. Macy, Gray
0: day parade. <laughs> the Macy Gray, Macy Day parade.
1: Can we talk about this, the Spider-Man team up?
0: Yeah, please go ahead.
1: I just, I, you know, first of all, I love, okay, well, yeah, I love that we got the two other Spider-Men. I didn't, how do I say this? Seeing them in this movie made me realize how much more I like Tom Holland than the others. Not that I dislike them. I think they're good Spider-Men. I, I think especially Tobey Maguire, and I've said this before, I think on this podcast. I never really liked Toby Maguire's Peter Parker. I, I loved his Spider-Man, right? Like I thought the Spider-Man movies were great.
0: Oh, just like when people are Bruce Wayne, they make good Bruce Waynes, but I think they're shitty Batman or yes. vice versa. Yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. I feel that. And I feel like, and, and I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I feel like there's something about Toby Maguire's face and the way he uses expressions and the way he acts that oh, I, really, yeah. I really just
0: don't like. You say it once a podcast, actually, even if we're not even talking about Spider-Man.
1: I fucking hate Tobey
0: Maguire. Uh, no, but I, I'm with you on, and I recall you saying something about his facials and that like weird lemon face he can make sometimes. And Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel, that.
1: and that's coming from somebody who like, Spider-Man one and two are some of my favorite movies of all times, right? Like they, I think they're incredible. They got me, they re-sparked this love for comic books in me. And so I, it's not by any hate of the movies and it's not by any hate of the stories. It's just him. It's just like, just him as Peter Parker. I always thought was a little off. And then when was I he- see him now older, come yeah. through the portal, I'm like, oh yeah, you just seem like sort of out of place. That being said, it was still good seeing him again and I love the way they hearken back to some of the things in his old movies. like when Toby McGuire Spider-Man was talking about his back hurting uh, and and uh, Andrew Garfield offered to crack it for him like little things like that I, I just appreciate the way that they're not only playing homage to the the old movies but then're they're, they're bringing the different personalities of the of the Peter Parkers together. you know I, I really I really like that.
0: And it felt similar to um, Into the Spider-Verse in that you had an older one kind of showing the newer one the ropes and saying, hey, trust me, when you get to be my age, it's certain things you just got to do differently or it's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, and I really liked that. And thought it was great that the very first Spider-Man that we ever knew cinematically was in the greatest danger. So it felt a little more impactful. And then mm-hmm. yet he was the one that really also emotionally, physically interceded with this current Spider-Man about to make a mistake that he knew he wished he hadn't made in his own life perspective to his. And it was just, that was good. Like right when our Peter Parker was about to start dancing and dye his hair black, he's like, no kid, don't do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> and that's going to shoot for years to come. You know, I thought that was really special.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I, 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 this movie had one of those moments. Um, it was like in um, end game when all the, when all the heroes come together and you just, you get those goosebumps, right? Knowing uh, like the accumulation of all of the movies that you love coming together. Basically. I had a mini version of that here when the Spider-Man weren't working well together because they were all kind of going their own ways, but then they huddled together and talked about working together. And then it kind of does this really great hero, hero Spider-Man shot where all three of them jump off the ledge at the same time. Right that was great yeah i just that that was that gave me the chills like that gave me that similar feeling i got in endgame not
0: not quite but um pretty close it was close for sure and i again going back to my earlier point of the fact that this movie's biggest takeaway from almost everyone who's seen it was the three spider-men on film together but they literally like told you without not only through the story but on screen when you know the 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 action was done and the need for the spider-mans to go home back to their universe was solidified they basically said okay it's your story now we'll see you you know yeah 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 it just it worked on so many levels and i'm just really really glad that we got to see it done so well and i really like andrew garfield more than i did the time before but i feel like and i don't know if this uh something i said and i'm repeating myself but like you were saying, Toby Maguire, you like him as Spider-Man, but you don't really buy him as Peter Parker. I feel the inverse for mm. Andrew Garfield's uh, rendition. Yeah, I think he's a great Peter Parker. I totally buy his awkward geekiness, but as Spider-Man, I just don't see it. And yet, I think Tom Holland is like the perfect mixture of the two, and he's being recognized as such, not just by fans, yeah. but like by like the movie is saying, okay, like you're it, and yeah, just it just ruled the the tease at the end of future things to come. I'm like, of course, why haven't we ever got Venom in this Spider-Man? Why is the you know, why is the only thing we've ever got from him? Topher Grace, which, you know, just sucked out loud. And it was <laughs> but that whole movie was, you know, kind of a, a rough patch for for any Spider-Man cinema films. Yeah, um, films. You know what I mean? But yeah, just where we're going. Uh, let's talk about the Easter eggs, because, you know. The movie ended and it was good, and I'm liking where we're going. But then those Easter eggs really were juicy. The egg juice was dripping. You don't call it egg juice, but you know what I'm saying.
1: Yes, gross, but yes. Yeah. The first one we got was Venom.
0: Okay, so are you ever going to go back and try to watch Let There Be Carnage?
1: Yeah, I will. I will. And okay, it's, we can stream it. I already it now. told you.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, but for like five bucks, which is annoying. Um, but eventually it'll be on hbo max and free but i I told you already just in private how that uh that tease at the end of that i went ahead and watched it so then that directly then relates to this which is great and i love the fact that he too again new new uh villains really kind of new in this sense you talked about wanting to come through and he did come through but he wound up in like a bar in puerto rico or something like that and then his suit was like totally like intrigued you know by mm-hmm. Spider-Man. He wants to eat him, And then just that small little sliver that gets left over after he blips back out. I'm like, yes, we're going somewhere. So see how that's going to somehow like catch a plane or something to New York city. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be so good. Just seeing I, where we go with,
1: it. I want to point out one thing that, uh, I was really questioning when I saw that. And then, but then I did some research and, and, and kind of uh, answered my own question. So Venom in Venom's movies never sees Spider-Man. Spider-Man's not a part of that universe. How does he come through when everybody who comes through into this universe? The, the thread that they all have is that they all know Spider-Man is Peter Parker.
0: Oh. So how
1: does that Venom come through to this universe when he had no there like Spider-Man was never introduced in that universe? Now, I will say this. Happy accident? Well, no, but I actually looked it up because it was bugging me.
0: Oh, good pun. Good Spider-Man pun. You're really starting to bug me, spider freak. Uh,
1: They're arachnids, not bugs. Oh, sorry. So um, the, the theory is that because venom is a part of a hive mind, that that hive mind of information might cross universes. So if one universe knows who that universe's Peter Parker is, then it would cross over to other, vent, other, yeah. Venom versus. Yeah, Venom versus. Okay,
0: I can buy that. Of course, that's really hard to explain, you know, in the yeah. three minutes they gave to an Easter egg. So I can, I can buy that if that is indeed the case. I can kind of buy it, but i hmm,
1: seems a stretch, but whatever, we'll let it happen. And then the next Easter egg, was uh, basically a, a doctor's trailer in the in the multiverse of madness
0: trailer, which is exactly where we're going next. So I was just like, "Yeah, get hyped for that!" And you know, Wanda's showing up. This one looks big. Like this again could have big implications to not only itself but future uh, additions to the MCU in Phase Nineteen or whatever we'll be in by then. I'm I'm excited for it.
1: Yeah, I'm. Anyone who watched the
0: animated. Disney plus what if the, what if? Yeah. Thank you. And that's that actually is coming true. Now he meets a dark, dark form of himself. And that's what I was getting at.
1: Yeah. Like we get a dark form of Dr. Strange coming into the next multiverse of madness. It's just, it's so interesting how, if you think about the way the Marvel cinematic universe started, it started as a grounded character with real world implications, like real, I I should say real-world science behind it, right? You got Iron Man. And then they started going up into, you know, gods and Asgard and and then shit just goes off the rails. And now we're into multiverses and somehow it still all feels cohesive. It still all feels... Yeah, it still all feels like it's not going... Too far out and being outlandish. It's it feels like I it's where I want it to go, and I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing it so right.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree, and 100% I'm excited to see where we're going from here. Me too. Um, Yeah, just w- what can be said that a we haven't already said, or b j- hasn't been out there in the general conscious about this film in general. But uh, I just I really like this movie. Um, I can't wait to see it again. Pick up on things I missed feel the feels both like when you're fanboying out and feeling really emotion, at the sense of loss and still its signature humor and his nerdiness and his friends like they managed to make every character matter as much as they should in this film and you know i felt like not not so much in uh, uh, far from home but in homecoming i felt like tony stark kind of and even tony stark in death kind of overshadowed sometimes I'm like, ah, Spider-Man didn't need Iron Man. I get they're trying to say, you know, he's his apprentice and he's like Tony's project and Tony have a a soft soft spot for him. But it's almost like we don't know if Spider-Man's strong, this Spider-Man is strong enough to have his own movie. So we have to like put Iron Man in it a little much, even though the action and the story was still Peter's. I just felt like his inclusion was too much. And then his character loomed large in death in uh, Far From Home And then I was like, oh, they're going to do the same thing. But now with Doctor Strange, it's going to be like the next Tony Stark to Peter. And though he was intensely a part of the story, especially at the beginning, they like let him, they wrote him out, you know, purposely Mm -hmm. to where he went like to a place where he was in there for like 12 months, but it's only like, you know, a few hours on screen or a few days on screen or whatever. And, you know, and then they reintroduced him right at the right time to set things right. And I just, I, I thought, based on the commercials i was like ah he's gonna be like just like you know attached too heavily and just for lack of a better term i already said it overshadow and he didn't for me mm-hmm. And i like that like yep. this was this was a spider-man movie through and through
1: yeah I, it was super heavy on the fan service but i don't think to its fault i think to i think it, it made the movie better you know um so what would, you, what would you give this movie on a, on a one out of a hundred rating, a percentage?
0: Is that the same as a score? Mm-hmm, score, yes. Let, let's, let, let's give it a solid 95 for me. Okay. Yeah.
1: I think that um, if I would have saw this movie right when it came out and had no spoilers about the Spider-Man and no spoilers about the villains, no spoilers about Matt Murdock's cameo, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more just because I it would have been like this surprise constantly of, of cameos and and team ups. And I feel like having waited a month to see it means that there was not a single thing that was not spoiled for me. I mean, literally everything that would have surprised me if I saw it day one was yeah. spoiled for me and not... and. That's as of somebody who is really trying hard not to get anything spoiled. And unfortunately, I think that lowers the score for me. I think I'd give it closer to like an 88 um, because I really liked it. I don't have very many faults with it. But, um, you know, when I compare it to something like Endgame or Captain America Civil War, those are like in the mid 90s to me. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So, so basically what you're saying is it's your fault. You didn't like it as much as you should have.
1: Yeah, basically. It's the, okay. internet, it's the like, internet's fault.
0: Mm, you, it's internet. your fault for going on the internet.
1: <laughs> Honestly, dude, I, I would have been better off just doing no internet for the past month. Would have been fine. Okay. What is
0: something if you absolutely had to give it up, you couldn't? Hmm. Jesus. I was going to say this podcast for me, but yes, the two are very related. Yeah. It matters a lot to me. So that's pretty cool. All
1: right. I think that's, is that a wrap on, on Spider-Man No Way Home?
0: That's a wrap. That's a wrap. So we both have a, a parting gift for our listeners. Yes.
1: We both have a parting gift. You have a awesome quote in geek history.
0: And it's and awesome. I
1: have Just a
0: spoiler. It's awesome.
1: Uh, I, well, I expect it to be an, an awesome quote and I have yeah. a shadow of the synopsis for you. Which one should we do first?
0: I'm feeling inquisitive now. You better just give it to me.
1: Okay, here's your shadow of the synopsis.
0: Not just mine, but for everyone. Good luck if you're listening at home.
1: With innocent victims caught in the crossfire in a war on crime in Los Angeles, both cop John Spartan and violent criminal Simon Phoenix are sentenced to a state of frozen incarceration known as cryoprism. When Spartan is finally thawed 36 years later, Los Angeles is now a pacifist utopia called San Angeles. But with Phoenix again on the loose, Spartan must team up with a cop of the current time to apprehend the killer.
0: Is this Detroit come, become human, Los Angeles? Ch- chapter two? <laughs> no. <sighs> oh, this sounds generic AF, especially the name, Hi, I'm John Spartan. <laughs> yeah, and Simon Phoenix. This sounds like a video game. Blink twice if I'm wrong. Okay. Um, It sounds like a previous gen video game. What was the year after the cryo freeze or the freezy cryos? 36 years later. San Angeles? I feel like you gave me some key words that I would recognize right away if I knew what the fuck this was, but I don't. So I'm just going to have to take educated guesses based on john spartan simon phoenix why is it that simon phoenix sounds so douchey but then like one of my favorite characters of all time is marcus phoenix right but at least he's f-e-n-i-x i'm sure this guy
1: i'll tell you no this is p-h-o-e-n-i-x
0: yeah no that's super douche
1: so i will tell you it's not a game ah shit
0: thank you is this oh boy i don't know I feel like it's a shitty movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger that I just never saw. Is this cryo man? <laughs> I just made that title up in my head. Is no. it cryo
1: man? No, you are close. It doesn't, it, it, has, Wait, another, it like, has
0: another,
1: has another muscle bound man.
0: So either Sylvester, Sylvester Sloan or Jean-Claude Van Damme. Is this John Spartan? That's the fucking worst name ever. Um, I've already I'm already given up. But just as an ancillary uh, guess, is it it's not time cop. It's not it, it's not. Re- is it future man or whatever? No. Oh, no. It's the one with Demolition Man. It's Demolition Man. Took you forever to oh, get it. it. It's when uh, Wesley Snipes uh, pulls the guy out. I, guys eye out with a ballpoint pen. John Spartan. Seriously. Yeah.
1: And the cop that he teams up with in the
0: current time was Sandra Bullock. Oh, yeah, that's right. And she's like, Oh, do you want to have sex? And he's like, What? And but he's then- like, Yes. And then they put on helmets like VR. <laughs> yeah. And he's so confused. Okay. I don't like that movie or you. For- yeah, that's fine. Well, here. That's why you know my integrity is intact because I didn't get a shitty synopsis correct. Sure. Or I didn't get it right off the bat.
1: Yeah. I didn't All get right. Tom Cruise's legend movie. <laughs> that's a time.
0: damn good movie. Well, when you take it into account when I saw it, I was like seven. So um, you have an awesome quote. I want to hear it. Yeah. It's from, you know, you know, you and I probably within our first 30 episodes did our favorite video game conversation. And now that's been what, like f- four or five years ago. I think we might need to revisit that and see if, if we like listen back and see if now truly not that we were lying back then, but if something's come along that might have taken its place, but all that to say back in that episode. And I said, my favorite game is this. Do you remember what I said? Um favorite game of all time come on i mean i know your favorite game is like red dead redemption 2 well see that's the thing this was before that and i wouldn't know if red dead redemption number two is my favorite game or if it's still this game
1: okay so middle. would it be
0: so we're doing a shadow it... synopsis oh. part would two be... here. sorry
1: would it be resident evil a resident no. evil game no
0: i don't remember then no How about this? I'll just give you a hint that's going to blow it wide open. I put over 100 hours into this game. Oh, is it Skyrim? Yes. Okay. And I'm genuinely, and listeners, we always are self-conscious, you know, almost six years later, infrequent recordings as they may be enough time. I'm like, did we do the shadow of the synopsis? Maybe I did this for you, or have we used this quote before? And I racked my brain, and genuinely, I cannot remember ever using this, which is surprising given that it's one of the best quotes from Skyrim and Skyrim is one of my most favorite games, is probably still my favorite game. This is why we need to revisit that conversation. Mm -hmm. All that to say, it's this quote right here about um, someone who's no longer an adventurer. I used to be an adventurer like you, and I took an arrow in the knee. Anyways, we hope this podcast hasn't been the audio equivalent of taking an arrow in the knee. We hope it's been enjoyable like (laughs) Spider-Man No Way Home was, don't we, Brandon? Uh, Yes, 100%. Yeah.
1: We hope our mashup of Brandon's is of similar fandom feeling as the mashups of the three Spider-Men.
0: We've had a good time talking about a good movie and uh, we have good things online. Like uh, Brandon maybe picked posting, (laughs) I don't know what I was about to say, the picture of him as uh, Matt Murdock, which could get us like three likes. Uh, That's happening on our Twitter. (laughs) Did you do that, Brandon? I I can do that. Where would this picture on our Twitter be, Brandon? At randomfandomwbb and Brandon you and I love emails right love them yeah they're, they're, they're my, my favorite type of mail. <laughs> mine too uh, mine's male genitalia but at, <laughs> nope that's not right um, <laughs> fandom cast at gmail.com please rate and review any episode past or present come back to see what we're going to do next and above everything else don't get COVID and thank you for being a fan of our fandom
1: stay kiki everyone
0: like Peter Parker yeah